Our first reading for this afternoon is from the fourth and fifth chapters of Second Kings. And Elisha came again to Gilgal when there was a famine in the land. And as the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, he said to his servant, Set on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. One of them went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it his lap full of wild gourds and came and cut them up into the pot of stew, not knowing what they were. They poured out some for the men to eat, but while they were eating of the stew, they cried out, O man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat it. He said, Then bring flour, and he threw it into the pot and said, Pour some out for the men that they may eat, and there was no harm in the pot. A man came from Baal Shalisha, bringing the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. And Elisha said, Give to the men that they may eat. But his servant said, How can I set this before a hundred men? So he repeated, Give them to the men that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, They shall eat and have some left. So he set it before them, and they ate and had some left, according to the word of the Lord. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel. She worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, Would that my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord. Thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God? To kill and to make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the sixth chapter of Ephesians. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, Obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, 
doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them. Stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, that there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. Words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. This is the word of the Lord. We continue our recitation of the Ten Commandments. What is the seventh commandment? You shall not steal. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This commandment is written, the meaning that is, in the same way that all the commandments are. Luther always says what we are not to do in the breaking of this commandment. He said we're not to take our neighbor's money or possessions or even get them in a dishonest way. But then there's always a positive, but to help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. That's how all of his meanings of his commandments are written. And this commandment in particular has a way of resonating with the reading that we had today from our, from our Old Testament passage today. Because we are to keep in mind with, when it comes to stealing that we, we're not to take what does not belong to us. It's almost like a no-brainer. A kid knows that. Don't take something if it doesn't belong to you. But we're also at times not to take 
that which has not been given to us from God. Not to long for or covet things that have not been given to us from God. Because frankly, God doesn't give us anything and everything we want. Sometimes it's just the lot in life that we have of what God gives us. Take, for example, the passage today. In the Old Testament passage, we had a story about Naaman, the Syrian. He's the commander of the king of Aram in northern Syria. Commander of the army. This is a big guy. He's a general. He's in charge of everything. Mighty man, he's described. Won lots of battles. He has leprosy. His skin is literally rotting. He will eventually die a very terrible and painful death. So Naaman and the king of Syria, who are complete unbelievers, hear about this prophet in Samaria, Israel, whose name is Elisha, and that Elisha will be able to heal him. So Naaman and the king send a letter along with a lot of expensive clothing and jewels and money down to Israel. This is what the passage said. And the king of Syria said, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. It has not been given to the king of Israel to be able to cure leprosy. That ability was not given to him from God. It did not belong to him. And he knew it. So this is what he did. The king of Israel, when he read the letter, tore his clothes, which the Jews did to show great displeasure and angst, and said, Am I God? able to kill and to make alive, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy. And then he says this, only consider this and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. I'll give the king of Israel credit for this. He realized what does not belong to him. God did not give him that ability to heal. And he wasn't trying to steal it or take it. He knew where his lot was in life. I wish we all could take that into account as well. To always know what God has given to us and what God has not given to us. It's very simple. Remember, even a child can know what, that they should not take something from a store that doesn't belong to them. But we adults are not always as wise sometimes as a child. We make all kinds of exceptions and justifications and excuses and reasons for taking that which does not belong to us, taking that which has not been given to us from God. Keep that in mind. The king of Israel realized this. He knew he didn't have this power. And in fact, he assumed the king of Aram was just picking a quarrel with him. In other words, when the king of Israel said, I can't heal Naaman. I can't heal your commander of your army. 
He was afraid the king of Aram would say, fine, let's go to war. Wars have started over lesser things, historically. So he was terrified that they were going to go to war because he couldn't heal this man. That king of Israel deserves some credit. He knew what did not belong to him. This is when Elisha got involved, though. And Elisha did not try to take something from God. He realized what God had given him. Not only the word of God, but also a word that said that he would be able to heal Naaman of his leprosy. So this is what our passage says. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. And through Elisha, God gave healing. Elisha and the king of Israel didn't steal healing. It belonged to them. They didn't try to take it was given to them. There are plenty of times in our lives when we do not have physical healing, right? Frankly, it hasn't been given to us. Other times in our lives, if you look back in your lives, you can tell those times when God did grant healing, right? To your bodies. Other times, no. We cannot take and steal from God. As the king of Israel said, am I God? To kill and to make alive? No. He knew that. I pray all of us can follow his lead. And realize. I'm not God. I can't kill. I can't make alive. I can't steal those abilities and powers. That belong to God and God alone. We can't. But there is something God has given to us. That will never be taken away from you, no matter what. Well, in fact, whether in life or in death, God has given you something that you never have to try and steal or take because it belongs to you. And it's not really something rather than someone that God has given to you. I know we all know or have heard of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I always love John 3.17 especially too. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through him. That's what God does give to you. You don't have to try and steal Christ. He's given to you. You don't try to have to take Christ. He's right there on the altar. He's ready and willing. He's coming to you. And cherish that. We can get so caught up in our lives trying to take things that don't belong to us, that that haven't been given to us, that we see other people have. And that's not just materialistic things. Sometimes it's things of the body. Sometimes it's physical things. Sometimes it's spiritual things, emotional things. We see that other people have and we want that. Might not have been given to you. But Christ has been given to you. 100%.
your gift. And truly, and I think you'd agree with this, the greatest gift you could ever be given in this world. I pray that we all cherish that and always are satisfied with what we have in Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.